0: Here's a scenario that many tech leaders have experienced. You meet an acquaintance and they tell you, I just got a new job. And you ask what company? They tell you the company name, you scratch your head. They proceed to inform you this little known company is a global expert in their field. And that's the case in this episode where we talked to a CEO who just started at a tech company that was founded in 1979. But there's a reason for their stealth profile. Keep watching to learn more on this episode of Techopia Live. Hello, I'm Michael Curran from the Ottawa Business Journal. Welcome to Techopia Live. This is a regular podcast from OBJ that features executives from next-generation technology companies. We want to shine a spotlight on the up-and-comers and and keep you updated on the established players, all with a goal of keeping the local tech sector informed and connected. In today's episode, we talked to a company that flies under the radar a little bit. That's despite the fact that it was uh, founded in 1979. It's tucked away in a, a little bit of a nondescript uh, three-story building in Michael Copeland Drive in uh, Connecticut. It has offices though in Washington DC, London, Frankfurt and Sydney. The company might not, might not be known uh, for many of us, but its uh, CEO, its new CEO is. He's a 40 under 40 uh, recipient from 2019. He started his career uh, as a software developer way back in the late 1990s at Nortel, and then he went to Nokia, CGI, BlackBerry, co-founded a company called Candy, SAS Communications, and more recently made headlines when he assumed the, pr- the uh, position of president of IT and cyber solutions at Callion. But he's got a new job, and he's here to talk about it now. Let's welcome our guest here is the CEO of JSI Telecom. Please welcome Sasha Guerra. Hey Sasha.
1: Hi Michael, how are you? Thanks for having me on.
0: Good. It seemed like I, I ran down your whole LinkedIn uh uh profile there. Are we going to have anything left to talk about? I'm sure we are. Yes. So, uh these are exciting days for you, uh, Sasha. You you just took on the CEO role, CEO role just a just a few days ago, and it's a company uh when I first heard of it I was like JSI who? Um but uh, this is a company people need to understand. It's been deliberately, I guess we could say under the radar, but let's start about talking about your your new position for a Sasha. Tell us about this CEO appointment.
1: So, you know, the decision to leave Calian was a really difficult one. And when I came to know about JSI, which stands for JTOM, Systems Integrated, um, it was a really interesting story for me because I thought like a lot of other Ottawa-born tech leaders, you know, over time, you get to know about just about everybody. And when you think about the national capital region, the Ottawa Gatineau Tech Hub as a whole, there are so many incredible companies flying underneath the radar, solving complex problems, and sometimes on a global scale. And in some cases, like ourselves, in stealth mode, and in our case, that was on purpose. And so uh, when I heard about the JSI story, I was was blown away. And JSI is, at our heart, our mission is all about keeping the world safe, and often that means when minutes and seconds count. So we play in the public safety sector. Our clients are folks like uh, law intelligence, lawful enforcement, public safety agencies, who are stopping terrorist attacks, uh, stopping human trafficking, the flow of uh, drug narcotics across borders, or even reuniting uh, missing children with parents. And so, when you think about these use cases, I mean, they are you know they're, they're heartfelt use cases, and this is really a company with purpose. Um, How we go about kind of addressing those use cases is by providing an intelligence data fusion platform we call Foresight, which is all about big data and finding the needles in the haystack and being able to help our clientele uh, find those uh, needles in the haystack to go and uh, go after suspect and criminal activity.
0: I think um, I'm going to ask you to to give us a few um, uh, metrics on the company, uh, Sash, and I think people are going to be really surprised when they see how significant this company is. So could you give us a sense of the number of employees uh, or uh, uh, maybe talk about how you've got a global footprint and who who you might be working with if you're able to uh, disclose some of those clients?
1: Certainly. So as a privately held company. We're family owned. Uh, this is a company that has been around for almost 44 years and has truly become a global company with a global distribution footprint. We're headquartered here in Ottawa, on the corner of uh, Michael Copeland and Terry Matthews Drive. Our origins start 1979. Uh, the J stands for J Tom. So James McDonald and Tom Skinner founded the company proudly almost 44 years ago as a nine person consulting company helping penitentiaries. It evolved to a hardware and software and now services and increasingly a cloud company. And so we've grown from that nine person consulting company to over 450 professionals around the world today with the bulk of those folks being here at HQ in Canada, out in the west end of of the national capital region and so um, in terms of scale we do business in 30 countries around the world and we have offices in six of those uh, locations of course Ottawa, Washington, Frankfurt, Sydney as you mentioned earlier are, are larger sites for us and so You know, our eyes are on continuing to grow internationally. Uh, We're finding new use cases outside of public safety as well or into adjacent spaces. So we're very excited about where we might go. And that might even include uh, some aspects of the commercial markets as well.
0: Okay. And I'm curious, what was the uh, expertise of the founders way back in 1979? Were they police officers? Were they technology people? Was it a combination of both?
1: Yeah. The founder story is so incredible. And, you know, Tom Skinner, uh, who is the founder of the company, I believe he's about 80 years old, still comes into the office every day. His daughter, Mari, is now the executive chair of the board. And James McDonald's daughter, James, unfortunately, is not with us anymore. But his daughter, Deirdre, is still such a big part of the company. And so this is a uh, family-led company. And, um, you know, the case of Tom, an immigrant who came over uh, and was part of Bell Northern research, right? So there's the Nortel tie all over again. I'm one of those as well. And you know how many of those stories have we heard of people who started their career at Nortel or JDS or Newbridge or Cognos, or you know, pick your favorite. Uh, it's one of those success stories. And there's even relationships that date back to uh, you know partnerships with Mitel in the hardware space in the early days. And so it's a bit ironic. I, I always found this interesting that if you look at JSI, jTom, James, and Tom, Uh, we're headquartered uh, on the corner of Michael Copeland and Terrence Matthew Drives. But if you think about Mitel being Michael Copeland and Terrence Matthews, it's a bit (laughs) ironic that, you know, there's almost a little bit of a tie and almost a relationship going back, way back when, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, it's really one of those original companies and people probably have driven by and said, I wonder what happens in that that building. And we're talking about it uh, here. Um, I wanted to follow up with a question that's a little AI related. So it seems like every company, Sasha, is trying to, create this connection with AI and demonstrate how they're using this, you know, world changing technology. You guys also say you're AI enabled. Can you, can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, no, for sure. And, you know, if you think about platform shifts, you know, each decade has its own, whether the last platform shift was all about mobile phones and now 5G or the one before that about the web or the one before that about laying the groundwork with internet. I have no doubts in my mind that this, Next 10 years is all about artificial intelligence, amongst other things. And AI is nothing new. It's been around for decades. It's just there's been step changes in the capability of AI to assist and essentially be a co pilot for all of us in our personal lives, our work lives, et cetera. Um, when you look at JSI's mission, which is all about saving, helping to save minutes and seconds count. Uh, Being able to find the needle in the haystack, being able to digest big data when we are embracing data from multiple sources of communication, being telephony, messaging, open source intelligence on the web or closed caption uh, video, being able to harness the power of AI to do things like predictive and uh, and analytics has always been a part of JSI's kind of DNA. And if you think about the people who are using our platforms on the other side, they need to be able to do their jobs effectively. They can't go through hours uh, of Uh, you know, information, trying to look for a certain object in a video or being able to transcribe speech to text, et cetera. And so AI has always been a part of what we do. And now with the advances in AI, we're able to do our jobs more effectively and perhaps even get to a point where we have a co-pilot helping us be more productive in in our daily jobs. And so we are becoming a company that is AI centric from the inside and out, and it couldn't be more excited about where we're going with All
0: right, thank you, uh, Sasha, for that. We're going to pause our conversation for just a second to recognize the sponsor of this episode. Here is Number Crunch. Number Crunch is an Ottawa-based firm that allows you to strategically outsource your financials, especially if you're a technology startup or scaling your business. Number Crunch services range from bookkeeping to payroll to full virtual CFO services, including fundraising preparation and cash flow forecasting. Led by Susan Richards and Craig Hung, Number Crunch is supported by an established team of financial professionals who have advised and supported hundreds of firms. Number Crunch's cost-effective subscription model affords you the right expertise for every stage of your business. Let Number Crunch help your company mitigate risk by ensuring proper accounting procedures are in place, providing you with strategic input and scaling along with your business. For a quote on outsourcing and accounting, please visit numbercrunch.ca. Number Crunch, strength in numbers. All right, we're back talking to Sasha Guerra, the new CEO of JSI. And uh, we're going to turn the conversation a little bit uh, here, Sasha. I think we have lots in common, but one of the things uh, that for sure we share is a passion for the local tech sector. And uh, as indicated off the top, Sasha, you've been part of it for almost 25 years now. So you and I often have uh, offline conversations on, on where the local tech sector is going and how we can optimize it. But uh, maybe you can give me your uh, perspective on on what's happening in Ottawa these days.
1: You know, Michael, it's kind of, um, I guess my opinion will be a bit of a dichotomy. I'll, I'll talk a little bit about what I'm super excited about, and then I'll talk about a call to action. Um, what I'm super excited about is, you know, if you think back of early '90s, late, you know, early 2000s, um, incredible, incredible momentum. I mean, Ottawa truly was on the map as a tech hub, maybe a top five globally. Um, and you don't have to, you know, all of us can recite all the publicly traded companies that were in this great uh, region of ours. And I think at one point we might have had 17 publicly traded tech companies on the TSX, not just microcap stuff. Uh, real tech companies. We were really the epicenter of tech in Canada. Um, I think it was the year 2000 when we did over a billion dollars of VC in the year 2000. If you inflation adjust that, I mean, that's on par with what Toronto's doing today, right at 4 billion. And so, you know, what's incredible about that kind of late generation is that following the demise of Nortel and JDS moving to Vancouver and Cognos being bought by IBM. And, you know, we all have 50 stories like that. We went through this kind of great hangover. And it really forced a lot of folks that have been working in these large multinationals. It was almost like a supernova. And you ended up with all of these startups. Many of them didn't work out, but it took a little while. And Ottawa kind of transformed from being that hardware, telecom, fiber optic centric region into one that was really progressing to software and eventually SaaS and cloud. And so it took maybe about 10 years, but by the time 2015 came around, you, you started to see... The Phoenix rising out of the ashes. And we had some great IPOs, whether it was Halogen Software at the time, it was later procured uh, through Saba, Cornerstone, et cetera, or Kinaxis, and of course Shopify. There was a real buzz between 2015 and 2020, and um, a big cohort of, of folks following through behind. So, you know, the Ross video news last week oh my gosh, I'm so excited for David Ross and the team, right? Um, then you think about the Ascent compliances, uh, 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 compliances of the world, Andrew Waitman last week at the Techopia event. Um, the rewinds, the field effects, the go-fors, the full scripts, the soul links, the solaces—I mean, there are probably three IPOs in the hopper over the next three years, and that makes me feel warm inside because I'm feeling like we're about to see the heydays all over again. So that's the goodness. And let me contrast that now to what keeps me up at night. And as a passionate Ottawa-born tech leader that wants to get back to making this community the premier tech hub in Canada. Um, You know, what really worries me at night is a couple of things. We've got to learn from the past. And if you think back to the past, um, you know, one of the things that's always stopped us, when companies get to that unicorn status, companies over a billion dollars, that become global, become multinationals, we have a hard time protecting them Uh, Making them 100 year companies, or in some cases, even convincing those executives or those headquarters to stay in Ottawa. And so, um, you know, I don't know Harley Finkelstein all that well, but I am such a fan of Shopify. And when I see uh, Harley tweeting that he's moving to Montreal in the fall, it makes me feel sad inside. And I don't know what are the causes for that. It's not going to surprise me if more of our key, um, you know, executives move on, but I think connectivity to the city is a really big a really big deal. And I'm specifically talking about the airport. Let me bring that back home. Last week, in my first week on the job at JSI, or even previous with Callian, you know, last week, I had customers come in from Germany for three days. On Friday, I had a a partner come in from Malaysia. Do you know how hard it is to get to Ottawa right now? And again, I'm not poo-pooing all the hard work that airport's doing, because I know it's not necessarily up to them, and the numbers drive the traffic. But I'm going to just go out on a limb here for a minute. When you think about You know, cities like Edmonton, who are non-hub cities, I'm not going to compare ourselves to Calgary, but Edmonton, a similar size metro area to Ottawa Gatineau, who does far more traffic than we do. Why is that? And I think at some point we've got to stop playing defense and talking about all the great numbers and statistics on why we don't deserve these things and how we're nestled between two hubs. But we will never be able to make it simple for executives, customers, partners to come down to Ottawa or conversely, as we grow, for executives to want to stay in Ottawa If we don't bring that connectivity and we've got to build it before it comes, I know that's hard. And sometimes it's going to need leadership and money from the city or Ottawa tourism or various other forms of government. But we've got to advocate for this because it's it seems it feels like we're on the cusp of some of that starting to happen all over again. And if I may, just for a minute, I also think the downtown right now, there is a urgent call to action Su Ling Ching, I'm on the Ottawa Board of Trade. You know people like Hugh O'Gorman, um, you know Ian Sherman. We all feel very passionate about this, and it's a train wreck ready, waiting to happen. You don't have to look far. Look at San Francisco and the vacancy rates and all the crime downtown. We've got to bring all levels of government to the table and start talking about real visionary solutions to this. I'll pause there, Michael. Well,
0: I think you touched on something that uh, that is reflected a little bit in our coverage too. It's it's a it's a tale of two cities, right? You've got these uh, runaway successes. You know, as you indicated, Ross uh, te- Ross video last week, heading you know heading to a big IPO, making this quarter billion dollar investment in the cloud. At the same time, I think you're right. The city is at a very very delicate position. So there's reason to be optimistic, but there's reason for us to feel uh, concerned, Sasha. I think uh, Air Connections is one of them. I think downtown, you're bang on. I don't think people are fully realizing uh, the potential for the downtown slide backwards you know we've seen it with the by market and it's going to take a long time to uh to turn around so what's your issue this call to action i like this i like that phrase uh, you, uh, you teased it before
1: so the call to action um and i'm going to split this up into two fronts when it comes to technology um specifically we are a tech hub with incredible under the radar companies and those that are well known I think if somebody really did an audit uh, of all the greatness in this, I think we sometimes, you know, we do punch above our weight as as a metro area of 1.6 million people. But the call to action is that we have too many disparate voices representing tech in Ottawa. I am, you know, I've grown up in the West End. So I, God bless Terry Matthews and Hub350 and KRP. I love what Mike Tremblay is doing with AreaXO and Invest Ottawa and, you know, Nick and the team with the scale up piece. I like what Gatineau is about to do with the Innovation Center and maybe building their own version of Bayview Yards. But the matter of the fact is we don't have one united voice. And at one point a few years ago when Ottawa bid on HQ2 um, you know, for Amazon, that was an interesting exercise because it really brought everybody together. And more recently with some of the work you're doing with EY, Michael, it's the first time I feel like the downtown crew and the Kanata crew are starting to talk to each other and we need one voice for advocacy. And whether that tomorrow is the Ottawa Board of Trade whether it's someone else, but we need leadership from the mayor to say, here are the swim lanes. We need to bring people to the table and make sure that we're all singing from the same song sheet. And I think we got close to that, you know, some years ago, the best Ottawa and the why Ottawa campaign, but we've got to do that. Um, on the flip side, you know, my call to action on downtown is that we need to get all three levels of government together. I think Sue Ling issued the, the press conference of the Ottawa board of trade vacancy rates are going to go to levels that we've never seen in Ottawa. And when, The core of the apple, the core of the city starts to hollow out It incites, It precipitates, uh, you know, crime and and other things that we don't want in our city. And we have got to take action. We need grand visions. There's been lots of great visions in the past, whether it's the Medcalf Boulevard and creating the Washington Mall. If we're going to have all this excess, you know, real estate, let's think big. Let's think big about our airport and let's put some subsidies, because guess what? Ottawa is a great place to be. We will attract and keep people if we invest. They will. We have to build before they come and take some risk.
0: Interesting. And and last week, you know, we heard um, Mayor Sutcliffe uh, take a few people by surprise uh, by saying he'd like to see a actual downtown uh, footprint for an arena. I uh, have no idea if that can work or not. I'm not sure if he knows he's, he's throwing it out there because we need to your point. We need to think differently and and uh, and find some traction on some of these issues. Well, and I salute you, Sasha, you know, for caring about this. Uh, you're you're passionate in your work, but you're passionate in your commitment to the community too. Uh, listen, we're going to start wrapping up here in a second. Um, uh, you you mentioned EY a second ago. EY is our major sponsor here at Techopia. And they have this cool tagline, very, very effective, building a better working world. So when you hear that phrase, uh, Sasha, uh, what do you think?
1: So I'm going to bring that back to JSI. Um, part of the reason I joined JSI and... Um, As I think about the company, what really strikes me in my first week is how committed and loyal our employees are to this company. And it's not because of remuneration or profits. It's because they genuinely care about purpose. And this is a company with purpose. We are a company that helps keep the world safe every single day. Most of these folks that do their jobs that we enable through our uh, AI-enabled analytics platform called Foresight, you know, most of these folks are unsung heroes. And so our employees give back every single day by making a great product that works, that helps keep the world safe, that is ahead of the game when it comes to AI. And I think that's what's really meaningful for us and myself being part of JSI is that that always will trump the business dynamic. And that's something that we can afford to do, given that we're a privately held company mostly family owned. And that makes me feel warm inside. And I know it does for our employees as well. So we're going to continue to do that and help keep the world safe, especially when minutes and seconds count.
0: Great, great answer. And we'll wrap up by peering into the future a little bit, uh, JSI, Sasha. So, you know, 1979, massive success, global footprint, doing important work. You're stepping in as the new CEO. If you peer down the road a little bit, what do you see for JSI?
1: I think it comes down to two kind of future-facing platform changes. The first is really around AI, and, you know, we've discussed that a little bit, but being able to leverage the step changes in AI to do more with less, to be more efficient, to be more accurate, we are just at the precipice of that platform shift. And certainly for us at GSI, being wholeheartedly trained from the inside out on all things AI, whether that's extending large language models or partnering with ecosystem partners that are helping us to move faster and further into the future, that's gonna be really important for us. And it's been part of my training as I've grown up in Canada. How many times have we heard about partner, 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 ecosystems, startups? I love organizations like Spark and the accelerators that we have around town. And that's gonna be important for us as we move forward. Um, I think the second part for us is adjacent markets. We've invested heavily heavily into our foresight platform over the last decade, and being able to take that platform and maybe follow the lead of some of our competitors into adjacent commercial spaces. In the US, for example, Joe Biden signed an executive order last year that we've got to take care of our critical uh, infrastructure, pipelines, water, nuclear. So how do we kind of use our platform that's already incumbent at many of the uh, government agencies and kind of go one step to the side and where we start to partner with the surveillance and security around mission critical infrastructure that keeps us safe day in and day out so stay tuned for that more to come on that but we're really excited about the future um and as you know as as jsi's first external um ceo i'm i'm super excited about the trust that the board and the owners have put in me and i can't wait to see how far this thing goes
0: it's good They, they picked a good ceo so uh Sasha, we want to thank you for joining us. It's it, as we've indicated, the first few days of you in the CEO role, CEO role seat. Um, you have lots on your uh, agenda, but thank you for spending some time with us. Really do appreciate it.
1: Michael, I got to say the same thing back. I've been reading the Ottawa Business Journal since its inception. We don't have a ton of local media coverage anymore around the stories that matter. So I want to thank you and your entire team for everything you do. I We really appreciate it from the business community as well. Oh,
0: very kind of you to say. That's Sasha Guerra, the new CEO of JSI. Thanks, uh, thanks, Sasha. Listen, that's all the time we have for today. Uh, thank you for joining us. Before we wrap up, let's take a look at some of the other great companies that champion Techopia. Techopia is brought to you by many great sponsors, such as... EY, building a better working world. Number Crunch, offering virtual CFO services for SaaS companies. Pearlie Robertson Hill and McDougal, a leader in business and technology sector law. TD Bank, specialized programs for technology companies. The University of Ottawa Faculty of Engineering, creating the next generation of technical talent. Techopia is not only a podcast we post new articles daily at obj.ca slash techopia. And if you're on YouTube, please subscribe and click the bell icon. All right. Great interview with a new CEO of JSI, Sasha Guerra, someone that's doing a lot of great work in our, um, uh, in our technology sector. And there's many of these people. So as Sasha said, we got to work a little bit more, uh, uh, closely together. And, you know, maybe the pandemic had us all in critical mode, but uh, need to come uh, together now. So we want to thank uh, Sasha Gera, wish them all the best at JSI. We want to thank you for watching and listening. And Hey, did you hear the news? We've got a new techopia magazine. That's right. You can go to techopiaeyinsights.ca EY, techopia, E-Y It's got a lot of coverage. We delve into the history of tech in the city we take a look at the future past present and future with the three uh, next generation or different generation ceos we got uh flagship companies we get the whole thing so go check out uh the magazine it's easiest to read it on the digital edition i want to thank you for watching and uh, listening let's keep building ottawa's technology utopia that's techopia see you soon Bye bye